What up, ladies and gentlemen? Hi there. Welcome to a, another episode of Opinion 3, episode uh, 66. Allegedly, your favorite metal podcast. This is going to be a, uh, a wordy one. A wordy one? Yeah, you ready to get wordy with it? I'm wordy with it. But in the background, is frail. They are getting wordy with it. Yeah. And doomy with it. And they are, uh, you know, they're still some of our favorites. We always say that. The song is Gods of No Faith. Um, again, off their new album. We featured it in our last show, but uh, I'm out. not sure. It will be out by then. Do you think it's out now? Is it out by the time this show comes yes. out? Okay. It came out last February, February 14th. 14th. The last one that just came around. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, real quick, we're not. Are we going to do have we listen to? You? Is sure. This, we have it, It's been 30 seconds since we recorded I know. the last I one. I specifically left something off so that I could have something okay. to say. Clint's got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on a solid Elder run here lately. I I have, you know, obviously I like Elder. Um, Respect them, right? I don't, yeah, then there's that. I don't listen to them a ton, but when I get stuck on them, I get stuck on them because there's just not a lot of substitutes for Elder. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of Elder. What have you been listening to, Brian? I can't even fake it right now. <laughs> we just recorded an episode 15 seconds ago. Um, I haven't been listening to anything. I don't even like music anymore. Oh, yeah? Just fucking wash I, your hands of it? I've been listening to do, to D's fucking crash on my left ear. That's what I've been listening to. <laughs> Other than that, let's get on with the show. Okay, let's get on with it. You want to do the Sonic Temple thing here or after? Let's do it here. Okay. Sonic Temple thing here. Sonic Temple thing, go. The world's biggest band is coming twice. Metallica. Headlining the Sonic Temple Arts and Music Festival. Two different nights, two different sets. The weekend of May 15th through 17th. Go to SonicTempleFestival.com for information. Tickets on sale Monday, October 14th. The one, the only, Metallica. Go to SonicTempleFestival.com. Sonic Temple thing, stop. It's over. Yeah. Um, what's not over is our interview we're about to do. No, it's not. We haven't done this in a little while, it feels like. You want to push some random buttons and see what happens? You want to say who we're talking to? That would make sense, yeah. Okay. We're going to talk to... Talk to... We're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to... Talk to Matt Bacon. Matt Bacon. He, he is... is a, I was going to tell you who he is. He's... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he is a... Uh, he's a... A uh, consultant, he he wants to help your band, hopefully your podcast, just anything like that, uh, be better at getting yourself out there. And I figure it'd be a, you know, for for what I assume is our audience, yeah. I figure it would be a worthwhile conversation to hear and have. If anything, just for us. If We're, anything, just for us. This is just self-indulgent <laughs> right here. This is all. If you don't care. We don't care. You don't care. We care. We care. You should care because we care. You should care because Brian says we care. Matt Bacon cares. Matt Bacon cares. Let's call him. What? What? Do. 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 Ring. Lo and behold, he fucking answered. Ladies and gentlemen, on the phone, we've got Mr. Matt Bacon. Matt, how are you this morning? Why, hello. I'm doing wonderfully. How are you guys? We're good. Not too shabby. Where are you at in the world today? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn. Oh shit! It's not okay. often we yeah, get somebody in the same time I'm frame as us. Home. All right, good deal. Home for a while. Which what's is nice? 
What in the wide, wide world of sports possessed you to agree to a conversation with us at 11 o'clock in the morning on a perfectly good Sunday? Um, because what else are you going to do on a Sunday? This isn't fucking, uh, I don't know. Like, like what, I want to, I want to talk about myself so on the course. internet. <laughs> um, Who wouldn't? No, but you know, like it's, it's all about the grind. It's all about like the self-promotion thing. If this is the time that works, this is the time that works. It's, you know, it's, uh, this is the goal, right? Yeah, sure is. And, uh, I, I reckon we couldn't have asked for a better <laughs> answer. Yeah. All right, Clint. Ready, set, go. Yep. Matt. Yes, always. Let's do it. We uh, <laughs> we typically start our conversations with each other like this, and I figure since you're a you're a big music guy, we might as well start our conversation with you like this. What are you currently listening to? Um, right before this podcast, I was listening to MGMT because literally right before this podcast, I was interviewed on a different podcast. Oh. Um. Busy fella. And they asked, uh, I on the um fistful of doom pod uh so that's what i was and they asked me a question about mgmt because they know that's like a favorite um other than that um i've been spending a lot of time with Pusha t's uh fear of god to let us pray record Pusha t uh, wow okay ds deicide self-titled um you're not as blank as you think by sorority noise which i think is a top pop punk album of the last five years uh i've been going through like this weird like I, i'm always i'm very into the um the five like the russian composers um around uh the like 1920s ish um who were sort of influenced by like um they, they were it's like rimsky korsakov and mr gorsky and all his friends and like those are kind of my my guys um so i'm really about that right now uh i don't know uh, I, i'm a big cesar Creed guy i i <laughs> um, we're going to point out that you just said a bunch of Russian words that neither one of us could even begin to try to spell. But I also can't let it slip by that you went from fucking deicide to pop punk seamlessly. Yeah. You know, like I, I listen to a lot of music. <laughs> that was fucking excellent. I, that's a, that's a guy that clearly listens to and is involved in a lot of music. You're not, you're not pulling that off as a casual music listener. Also, I misspoke. I got the five confused with the six, which is six French composers I really care about. The five are like 19th century. I just want to be clear that I'm not a romantic music poser. <laughs> <laughs> which, if you are, who cares, right? Well, be yourself. That uh... <laughs> I, I just, I just want to marry into a good family, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, I if there's any single ladies else. with a good family out there, we'll get you in contact <laughs> with Matt. That's why I do these podcasts. Is I'm trying to improve <laughs> my eligibility. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, what's a typical day like for you? Um, I wake up super early, like five thirty, six a.m. Uh, I meditate. I do yoga. I um, I read. Uh, and that's kind of how I, I in the summer I go running in the morning, um, like early in the morning, and then in the winter, because I'm in Brooklyn, it's like negative five out so i'll go running like around 11 a.m instead you know so <laughs> depending on if i two? run first thing in the morning if i run later i start work at like 7 or 8 a.m uh the first like hour or two is like pretty hectic like follow-ups check-ins email answering all that stuff and then around 9 a.m i uh i get into a groove of um setting up all my social media posts for the day 
uh and i run like six different uh label festival whatever accounts so you know it's like 20 posts i have to set up um, every day 20 posts yeah okay 20 like ish okay depend i mean well like let me think so it's like three on my page five on plastic head uh that's eight like two ish on artifact so that's 10 uh blacklight is one beyond the gates is one so we're already at 12 and i'm like through half the accounts i've managed so <laughs> holy shit <laughs> you know like it's a lot we're gonna get eos on there as well as i snort yeah the microphone. <laughs> yeah i don't fucking know it's, you know but by the time i finish that like it's the afternoon and, you know i i i i it's usually around 10 30 11 so i go running um and then i eat lunch and then get into the afternoon where i handle my big projects big projects like metal injection is that a big project uh I mean, metal injection is like a is like a weekend thing, you know. Like I don't really do much writing for metal injection unless it's an emergency during the week. But like today, I'll I'll write. Um, what am I going to write today? Uh, I'm going to write a premiere for an album and uh, and that kind of stuff. Big projects is usually like budget proposals or ad strategies or um or those sorts of things, right? Where it's like shit that needs to happen that budget um, proposals does sound really exciting i'd see why i can see why you'd save that for later in the day when you're a little more awake budget proposals. yeah yeah i don't know like, like it is what it is also like managing ads like i tend to manage all the ads i have to run in one big block rather than doing them like as they come up you know so i just kind of get an ads manager and i'll just crank out ads for two hours just so i can get in a groove you know what i'm saying oh yeah Clint is our PR oh, guy, so right? He, he gets it. <laughs> yeah, so so you have to you have to kind of let yourself get in that mode, and then once you get in the mode, you can sort of tackle the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it uh, it it sounds like a full damn day, and you're only up to like 3 p.m. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the thing is, like, I was thinking about this recently. I really only schedule. Like I like I I do legitimately work fourteen ish hours a day. Um, I usually only schedule like ten hours of shit though because stuff happens. Like emergencies come up, or I have to rejig or something, or something completely fell apart, or I have to get on emergency an emergency phone call. Like, you know, so like there's got to be a lot of wiggle room for like random shit to come up. How how long have you been That's, at this? Uh, since I was 14. So no short amount of time. Like a decade. Right. Yeah. I just asked that because, you you know, you, you've obviously built, you know, quite a, a network of, you know, to be able to, you know, have 14 hours of work every day, all day. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, you know, like I think even on. Even on a day that might be quieter for whatever reason. You know, like this time of year is quiet just because there's not as much, you know, there's not as many tours. Uh, you know, people are more in a planning phase, you know, yada, yada, yada. But even then, like you can, if you want to fill out your day with stuff that, you know, is important and will grow your business, you can. Like, you know, that might just be 
you know, taking time and do, one of my big things is follow-ups with every single person who's paid for anything from me ever as much as possible. You know, where I'll like literally go back through, I keep a document of, of every single person who's paid me for anything ever. And I just go back through and just do check-ins. You know what I mean? Um, because like, that's one of the key things when you own a business is like some of the people who are going to buy from you again are the people who bought from you before. Um, assuming you didn't fuck up, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and also it's just a nice thing to do. Like, you know, a lot of these people appreciate, you know, like if I wrote someone a bio six months ago and I just send a quick check-in message and I'm like, Hey man, um, how, what's going on with your band? Like people appreciate someone asking, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And that can be part of the good I put out in the world. That can be part of the good, you know, like literally, but, and it's, you know, literally right before this podcast, I was making a list of. Uh, every place I've been interviewed, because I realized that even though I'm pretty good at following up with old clients, I'm not very good at following up with people who actively helped me in that way. And so I'm like, okay, well, I want to make a list and I want to go send a little thank you note to everyone later today. Dude, you, you sound like I mean? you, you've got it all fucking covered. This is, this is, so we're, we're not, can do it. <laughs> we're not used to this level of thought out on this podcast. I mean, there's a lot of stupidity. Like, you know, I do a lot of dumb shit, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you want to, like, wake up and, like, make money in black metal and, like, not, you know, and strive to not be a complete disappointment to your parents, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta do it. It sounds, it sounds like you are fucking all over it, man. If, uh, I mean, what, uh, I guess, what would you consider your title to be? Uh, I, I basically say that I run a digital marketing agency and I'm just connected enough that I can do other stuff for people too. Okay. But most of what I do is via the digital marketing agency and kind of consulting side of things. And bands? Um, you know, for bands and labels and whoever. Okay. You know, I, I like to, like I have a booking agency I do stuff with, um, I have two small businesses, uh, which I just kind of do because I think it's they're they're one's like a a music mastering thing, and the other is uh, like a, a bass pedal company. Um, and those are a little outside my wheelhouse, but it's interesting because it like it keeps me uh, it keeps me sharp. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not a ton of my time, but it's important that I spend time. Uh, you know, outside of just band and label world, you know, and that I can kind of have a better grasp of just business consulting as a whole. Um, you know, just cause that's an important skill to have. Yeah. And doing the, the things you're not familiar with helps kind of sharpen everything else. Yeah, exactly. It just, it keeps me, keeps me uh, ready for, uh, ready for battle as it were. What, uh, you know, with the whole, consulting and PR and all that. Uh, um, I guess what level, well, first of all, can you explain, kind of give a, a quick, if someone's, you know, if someone doesn't know what a PR is or does or whatever, we might have quite a few listeners that don't. What, what's your definition of someone who handles PR? Sure. So I don't do PR just to clarify um, for any listeners, but essentially a PR person is going to be the guy who, um, who goes out and pitches your band to various journalists, reviewers, um, 
yada, 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 and gets them to, you know, provide some sort of press coverage, be that a news feature, a review, an interview or whatever. How do, how do those things, you know, intertwined with what you do and, and the music that you promote, how does that all end up working together? Sure. So basically what I do is I'm running the advertisements and I'm helping you with your overall strategy, you know, cause like one mistake you'll see a lot of bands make is they think they're being smart because they hired a PR person, which is smart, you know, to be fair. And it is important, but then they don't do any of the other stuff. They don't do any of the socials. They're not trying to figure out how to book tours. They're not trying to figure out any of those other things that are so important. Right. And I think that, um, those things are just as crucial when it really comes down to it, you know, like reviews alone aren't going to turn the tide for your band. If you're just not talking to people on social media, for instance, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Interaction on the socials and all that stuff, you know, and if you're not running advertisements, a lot of, you know, that's a key way new people are finding out about bands, you know, um, cause it's all about like, it's in advertising, you have the rule of sevens where people have to see something seven times before they act on it, you know, and that's really important that people see what you're doing and then like actively, uh, you know, no one's gonna just see your band, make one post and then check you out. Right. Like think about how you personally listening to this find out about music, right? right. Like you don't find out about music via, you know single social media posts like you need to see it on metal injection then you need to see it on your friend's little blog then you need to see you know you need to see someone else talking about it you kind of you gotta you kind of gotta see that other people believe in it i guess maybe before exactly like there's so much more to it than just oh we got some reviews that said nice things about us on the internet you know what i mean yeah It, it um go ahead no, I don't know. Like, and so that's what I kind of help with. Uh, so what, at what point um, in a band's career or whatever you want to label it, would you say that someone like yourself should come into play or they should start thinking about hiring someone like yourself? I think once you start to play shows, once you start to have some regularity, really like the same as with a PR guy, you know, like it just makes sense. Like, if you're trying to build out a six month plan early on in your band, I'm here and I can do that. And I can do that effectively, you know? Um, and also I obviously do stuff a lot later for bands, a lot further on in their careers, you know? So it really just depends on what you want and what your goals are. I just think what matters is that you're in a position where you're already serious about what you're doing and you're already, um, dedicated and motivated to what you're doing. Okay. What, uh, I'm sure you've been asked this question no more than 300 times, but what is a, uh, a typical mistake that bands do with things like this? Okay. So here, here, here are the core mistakes. Core mistake one is they don't, they don't post enough, right? Like you need to be posting at least daily. That's really important. The other thing people fuck up a lot. They also, they post direct from Instagram to Facebook, right? Like they have the post, immediately option thing and that doesn't work because it formats like garbage and it just makes you look um lazy just makes you look unprofessional and lazy right um the third core mistake that bands are making is they're not replying to every comment or engaging with other people 
Because remember that with social media, what you're doing is you're making a one-to-one or one-to-many experience, right? Like me making a post to the world, um, you know, you need to make it uh, one-to-one, right? Like you want me to feel like I have a relationship with you personally, right? which is why I reply to every comment, which is why I do video replies to DMs, because I'm trying to make people feel like they personally are cared for. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, a big personal touch definitely matters. And that that's crucial, I think. And that's something people don't uh place enough value on that I put as like my centerpiece, as it were. It's it's gotta be time consuming too. Yeah, but you know, and, and this is also a part of it, right? This is something I talked about with my friend Alan April from Primordial. He says this very accurately. Um, you know. Part of my advantage is that this is my job and it's not your job. You know, so it's, I'm going to be at a desk for 14 hours. It's a lot easier for me to take the time to reply to every comment than someone who's like, got to go to work and also reply to it. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that that's much harder. You know, it's much harder to so you- post 10 Instagram stories a day when you're, sitting in a cubicle, right? you know, and how do you make 10 Instagram stories that are relevant to your band? The trick, by the way, is to share other people's posts to your stories and share what you're listening to your stories. Um, but yeah, so you're just, yeah, you're, you're also responding. So you're making the posts as, as a, as if you were the band and also responding. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Clint shaking his head at me like I thought no, it so. his personal stuff. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, okay. I mean, I mean, I mostly respond on my personal stuff, but I will respond on other accounts, just not as much. Right. Like, frankly, no one pays me enough to do that because that's just so much extra time. But like, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Try, yeah. I still do try to make a point of responding on accounts I work with as much as possible. Yeah. That's uh, it, it's it's a combination of common sense and kind of eye-opening you know you just it sometimes you need that extra reminder that people do want to feel like they've made a connection with you whether you're a band or a, you know what what have you yeah well and it's, it's not easy you know what i mean like if it was easy everyone would do it but it's not and, and i'm not sure try- and but simultaneously i want to point out that it's not um it's not like i'm holding some forbidden knowledge like i don't think i'm doing anything that's especially um fancy you know what i mean like it's just what needs to be done right like i'm trying to just clarify it's not because i'm super smart or something and i think there are ways i could do it a lot better you know i I see people um like my friend lady j bookums who's really good at replying to stuff and i wish i was more like her you know and i wish i had her level of investment but you know, but what I'm saying is just even doing the kind of modicum that I do, I've been getting pretty, you know, strong results. Yeah, it, it uh, and the, uh, I guess for lack of a better phrase, the fruit it bears would probably be pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what, what's your favorite and least favorite parts of doing all this stuff? Um, my favorite part is like when you're standing side stage at a festival in front of like 80,000 people and you're like, oh man, uh, 
you know, and like your band is playing or something, like a band you work with is playing, and you're like, oh, okay, I got to be a part of this happening. Yeah, that does sound pretty you know fucking I mean? cool. <laughs> or, 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 or just a packed club show where everyone is having a good time. Right. Or whatever, you know, but one, one of those moments where it's just like, okay, this is rad. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like an affirming thing. Yeah, you know, or like when someone you really look up to comes over to you and says, "Hey, like I've been paying attention. Like you're uh, you're doing good stuff." You know what I mean? Like, like that's also like a moment where I'm like, oh, "Okay, this is," you know, um, "This is working." And then of course, like, no never does it for us. <laughs> signing signing someone cool, like signing Coven. Like I've been a Coven fan since I was 12 years old. Um. You know, so like getting to sign that band was crazy or signing November's Doom, you know, similar situation. Right. That was a band I liked in high school and who like helped me when I was sad in high school. And now it's like I get to, you know, help them out of a shitty situation and help them grow and bring that to other people. What? You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's got to be. I mean, I couldn't even fucking begin to imagine. That's got to be just all the known forms of awesome. Yeah. A band that you've you've been into for all those years and now you're working hand in hand with. That's got to be fucking great. It's surreal, you know. Uh, and but it's cool. But it's. Uh, it's definitely a strange one. I believe it. Um. So what's the downside of all this? What's what's the least favorite part? I uh I don't think people necessarily realize um how isolated I am. Uh <clears throat> you know, I spend a lot of time alone. Uh you know, which which is by design, like that's fine, you know, but I think um you know, I think as much as I enjoy uh working, you know, 14 hours a day and I like I I do go to bed like stoked about the next day. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's still a lot. It's still overwhelming and scary. You know what I mean? Like it's still like I'm at a point right now, I'll be very honest, where I've got a lot of really cool things happening um between <clears throat> uh, Plastic Head and Metal Blade and Beyond the Gates and yada yada yada, you know, and it's um but like I'm talking new things and you know, and like realizing like, oh, okay, like I'm like the guy who gets invited to conferences and I'm the guy who gets invited to this, that and the other. And like, you know, I'm at a point where I'm starting to become one of the guys and I'm starting to become kind of a, a, a player in the industry. Right. Right. But it's like, if you fuck that up, people, everyone will know. It's hard to be fake. Yeah, it's one. Of, I assume it's one of those things where it takes ten years to get two steps, but it'll take ten seconds to lose twelve steps. Exactly. That's a very good way to put it. Is that and that's like a huge, um, that's a huge thing that and and, and this is something a lot of bands have to deal with too, right? Because it's like if you're a band on your first big boy deal, you know, or even if you're a band. And, you know, you get your first um, cool opening slot, right? You have to do, you have to do that right. Because if you fuck that up, 
promoters will talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and they'll tell you and they'll tell each other like, oh, don't book that band. They fucked up, you know, and it's the same thing when you get your first record deal, you know, because like one of the hardest things to do as a band is to shift to a new label, you know, um, because. You know, like sometimes it's a clear graduation, you know, like if someone went from like when uh, Gozu went from Ripple Music to Metal Blade, like. We get it. (laughs) Right, right. Like. You know, like, like, obviously, like, Metal Blade wants to sign you. Yeah, duh, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, we're a cool stoner rock label. Metal Blade is the label. Right. We'll quickly mention um, here that Matt works with or for Ripple. I, I don't I know. I work with uh, Blacklight Media, which is the Metal Blade subsidiary. And clarify. And I also work with Ripple Music. Right. That was okay. Um, Anyways, not to derail but, you. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to point that out. Um, You know, uh, <clears throat> And thank you for, for bringing people's attention to that. But, you know, um, but like, that's a really hard part of any band's career, right? Is like, you know, cause like you want to graduate higher, you know, or you want to shift labels, but like, you don't like, if you were a dick to your first label, well, your first label, assuming they have a good reputation, you know, like if someone came to me to sign the prophecy, after being signed to Napalm, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is go text one of my friends at Napalm and be like, yo, what's the story with this band? Right. What do you think about these guys? You know, like, like the fuck's going on? You know, why aren't you, you know, and, and there are perfectly legitimate reasons, you know, Napalm could be like, look, this is too small for us, or it doesn't fit into what we're doing anymore or whatever. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're an artsy black metal label, a band, and like Napalm is really headed in more of a hard rock direction. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. You'd want to come to sign the prophecy, right? You know what I mean? But you know, but like, what you know? But you also want to make sure that the Napalm people don't say, actually, that band kind of sucked to work with, bro. Just like heads up. That's the worst. You know what I yeah. mean? That. Uh... So. Go ahead. It's, it's, I don't know. It's scary. Like it's, it's, it's a lot. The, uh, the obvious question here for us would be what are, what is a, uh, good way to go about things, whether it's the band with the opening slots to not piss off the, uh, the, uh, promoter, promoter and the, you know, the things with labels, what, what, what are good ways to be and bad ways to not be? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like to, I, I push being transparent. And just trying to be honest and just use common sense. You know, I think a lot of people try to like play inside baseball or get really paranoid or whatever. And like, I don't fucking know, man. Like, it's fucking death metal. Like, (laughs) are you really like, are you really going to try to like shark me on like some black metal records? (laughs) (laughs) You you know what I mean? Like, I think that I think that you just need to be honest. I think that if, if you do have the opening slot, the two rules would be get on and off the stage quickly and effectively. You know what I mean? Um, Like that's really important. Like just like don't be that band who take forever. And like also, you know, ending your set airing on the side of a short set is always in your advantage. You know, like maybe it's not as fun artistically or whatever. Maybe people are, 
asking for an encore, but like <clears throat> if you're the opening band, just no encore shorter set. Yeah, no encores as an opening band. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um and then on top of that, um, you know, and then in terms of the label stuff, just be open and honest and just like try not to fuck people out. And and if you had a bad time with your previous label, be like, hey man, um, we had a hard time and this is why. Because, like, if I, if you, if you just say, you know, like, like, just be honest with people about why you want to shift, and they'll probably listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and just try to get ahead of the ball. It's always kind of my thing. It's always, you know, it's always like, like, you don't want someone who misunderstood your actions to be talking about you. You want to be talking about you. Kind of controlling. You know, like, if you let. Kind of controlling you know, the narrative. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because if you let other people do the talking, frequently will backfire. You gotcha. know, even if even if people are not trying to make it backfire. You know, even if people have nothing against you, sometimes it can backfire. Right. You just know? A so just simple misunderstanding. And they're gonna talk anyway, obviously. You know, so just just be honest and clear with people and transparent, and I think you're gonna have a better time with it. Gotcha. Uh, how do how does a smaller band or any band for that matter? Uh, go about getting the attention of people like you or labels and things of that nature. Um, so engaging deeply with your community. Um, you know, like if, if you, if you comment on every bacon spit, I will figure out who you are. You know what I mean? Like, like it's stuff like that. Like, Right. If you engage, you know, I will learn about you. You know, if you go and and become, if you try, if you try to build friendships with people, then that will turn into something meaningful. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's it's really that. It's just build your network, comment on stuff, ask, you know, have a side hustle to your side hustle. That's a really big one. Like, I think that every band trying to get anywhere at least one member should be like writing for a music blog or something just because it opens so many doors. So you have a podcast because then you get access to people, you know, welcome to I our side hustle. Any hustle. podcast, um, you know, because I'm just trying to leverage the attention around me. Right. Um, and yeah. And, and that's just what it's got to be. Is you've just got to keep leveraging that attention. So, I, I'm going to ask the question that no one probably, uh, uh, we got an echo. All right, there we go. That, you know, you don't have to answer and I can edit out, but price, a band like the one we're in, we're doing everything ourselves. We don't have a label, you know, there's probably more, there's more of us than there are the signed ones. What should, you know, can you tell me about what someone should expect to pay for someone like yourselves services? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, you know, I have a range of, um, things I offer, you know, from, uh, the courses, which are, uh, you know, the 30 day kind of band tune up courses right now we're doing the pitch yourself challenge. Um, you know, and those are like, you know, $50 to sign up 40 if you've done one before, you know, so we have stuff that's very low end like that, or it's like 50 bucks for bio, you know, and then there's stuff like my analysis papers, which are like an in-depth look at like what your band is doing improve it how to reach that next level right 
Um, and I think that's really valuable too. Um, you know, and that's like $150. I'll do a six month plan for $100. Um, but then we have more in depth stuff, be it, you know, uh, monthly packages, uh, like my, you know, where just for like 150 bucks a month, we'll just do a weekly phone call. Um, and that's been really helpful for a lot of people. Um, you know, and it goes all the way up to like hundreds of dollars, like, you know, like $500 a month, um, you know, for like a much more in-depth, like put everything together package or like, you know, a 750 one-off thing. It really depends on your needs, Yeah. you know? And then kind of evolves from there. But it sounds like something, you know, it, it kind of, the price kind of goes with what level you're at. You know, you can do, if you're just starting out 50 bucks, you need a little bit of help. But the people that are already kind of out of that, you know, of course, they got, they're going to need. That's part of the goal. Yeah. Yes. Very reasonable. Yeah. So you play guitar, no? I do. Are you in a band? But like, no, I play like jazz and classical. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm actually, uh, I've been studying, I've literally been studying this piece, uh, Etudes by uh, Villalobos. Uh, I've been studying this piece for like four or five years and I like finally finished learning it, um, Jeez. the other day. So I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to play it at my buddy's thing. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It's like 37 pages. So it's Holy sort of been a lot of my energy for a long time. Holy shit. Plus um, 14 hours of work a day. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, like I like classical guitar. Like, it calms me down. It's, it's an interesting... It's an interesting way to spend your time. You know? And it's very mathy, and you can do it while you're watching TV. And, yeah. And so yeah. You, you, don't, you don't mess with the recording side or performing side? and It's just a hobby in your house kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I, if I had more time, I would maybe... Uh, I also feel like if I were to um, to start a band, I feel like there'd be a lot of pressure because of, you know, what I do. People would expect it to kind of all be perfect and put together. Right. You too, know. Too many expectations and, before you've even started. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like, I want to start a hardcore band with my buddy Andy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, and we probably will because I got him. I, I helped him join a band in New York explicitly so that we could play hardcore together. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, uh, it, 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 the classical thing still kind of throws me off, but I've also messed with a little bit of it myself, I guess. <laughs> but 37 pages translates to what? About 10 minutes of music? Yeah, something dumb like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's really depressing when you, like, when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, um, let's, let's have some fun here. Hang yeah, on, there's, oh, there's, there's one, one more, more question okay. I wanted to ask him about. It, since he's been in this, since he was literally 14 and all that. And you I, know what it literally means. And I know what literally means. Um, how has the scene changed? Uh, the music scene in general, the death metal and things that you're more familiar with however you want to take it how has the scene changed over that time um that's a really good question i haven't really thought about that before i think that you know the real big thing in the last decade that has changed the face of music has been the advent of streaming right and right. the way that impacts how we consume and how we 
engage with things. I think that... Um, and also how bands get paid for things. Exactly. Or don't. You know, and, 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 that, and that's really interesting. I think that that dramatic shift has really impacted how we approach music and how we, you know, be it in terms of like how a lot of artists are structuring their albums now, you know, separating the intros from the actual tracks. So you don't have tracks that are as long so you can get paid more. Um, you know, uh, like look at how, you know, it's always interesting to look at how like Taylor Swift went from like 35 minute albums to, with, you know, 10 tracks because it didn't really matter. And they were just trying to like get a record out to sell, you know, to now, um, you know, she's doing an hour long album with like 16 tracks because she wants that streaming money. Yeah, more listens. You know, um, so I think that has had a really big impact. I also think that with uh, entrepreneurship becoming cool, um, a lot of people have sort of like started to use that um, more with their bands and it's, it's become much more of a focus than it was uh, when I just started out, you know, when people were just trying to play music. Um, that being said, I think part of the beauty of streaming is that people like actually have hope in making, you know, some small fraction of money off of this. Um, and I think this also has to also is a part of the artist as an entrepreneur thing, right? Where now suddenly people, you know, people will have a shot at making some money. Yeah. So I think, I think that's just kind of helped things, you know, on the flip side, I think that people have also, now that there's been this cultural awareness of piracy for everyone under 35 has pirated music, like if we're being honest, right. You know, um, it's actually led to a lot more interesting art because there's no longer an expectation that you will make money. So there's no longer a reason to, um, you know, to, to be mainstream. Yeah. A lot easier to right? take risks. Never thought about that. And as a part of that, as a part of it, and also as a part of it being easier to make a record, you know, so you don't expect to make any money now, but you can make more than you could 10 years ago. But you don't expect it to ever sustain you, right? Right. And on top of that, people are consuming because of Spotify in particular, you know, because like with piracy, you could access whatever, but most people would generally stay in their lane, you know. But now with streaming, it, you can really go all over because there's all these recommendations going everywhere and stuff. And we can be much more open about it. Whereas with piracy, we kind of all. We all did it, but we didn't talk about it. Right. You know what I mean? Except for me, because I'm an advocate for that stuff. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, which is whatever. But now, but now, like, people are growing up listening to Agaloc and Pusha T and what, pop punk and whatever. And I think that that diversity in taste is becoming a much more frequent thing, you know. And I think it's going to lead to more interesting and diverse music and it's no longer weird to be like you know because i'm no longer limited by my income with how much music i can consume you know which was a problem until 2002 right because that's now part of the culture that i'm not limited that you're not limited by your income with your music consumption that means that no one's surprised if you like push a t and d aside 
you know, mm -hmm. and I think that, uh, and I appreciate that I have especially weird, diverse tastes, but I'm saying like, people are allowed to like hip hop and metal or this and you know what I mean? Like, you have these interesting, diverse tastes. And I think that makes things, um, it makes things better. And it means that people are looking at things in new and unique ways, which is important because otherwise, you know, metal in particular can get very uh, echo chambery, and yeah. that's really dangerous for any genre. Yeah, it, it's the uh, it's the old what do you listen to? I listen to a little bit of everything, but nowadays that's a little more accurate than it used to be. Yeah, and I you know, and it, and it drives me crazy when people say that because like I don't know, as someone who does listen to a little bit of everything, like like actually, right? <laughs> that's always been like a pet peeve of mine. This is, you know what I mean? Like, which is whatever. No, yeah, I, uh, we're kind of the same way because, you know, you're quick to play. Oh, yeah, you listen to everything? Check this out. No, yeah. you don't like that? Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, you don't actually listen to everything. Right. Yeah. You okay. Know, and it's like. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go, no, that's all. I was just like, yeah, I like, I like power electronics and harsh noise. And I also like 80s dance. And I also <laughs> like pop punk. And I also like funk. And, and I also mm -hmm. like. Classic guitar, you know, yeah. um, baroque music. Right. It. Um, See what else he likes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As per Brian's uh, earlier, we're gonna wrap this up. Let you get on with your Sunday. Uh, we'll do it in our usual stupid manner. Um, oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most appropriate reaction possible. Right. Uh, we're gonna start it off with a rapid fire that I believe Brian has more on. Oh, yeah. Boy. Two options. Pick one. Clint will tell you if you're right or wrong. Even oh, though God. it's personal okay. choice, yeah. So that's what he does with his life. You ready? I'm here to help. All right. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Toilet paper, under or over? I'm over. Right. Is it? He's one for one. He's, he's <laughs> one for two so far. Beatles. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wait. So I, I was wrong about coffee or tea, but I was right about toilet paper. Correct. Okay. <laughs> and, and honestly, in all honesty, I don't even actually care about the toilet paper. I just like you, so I'm going to give you the toilet paper one. <laughs> okay. <That's>, anyway, continue. <laughs> Beatles or Stones? Beatles or Stones? Yeah. Uh, stones. Yeah. There he goes. Neither is go. the question. Simpson? Did you just say neither? Yeah. Yeah, he's a dumbass. Simpsons or Family Sorry, Guy? You need an education in Charlie motherfucking Watts. Hey, fucking men, brother. No, thank you. I'd rather watch Simpsons or Family Guy. Simpsons. Hammett or Hetfield? I I am not especially interested in either of them, but I had a really long dream about interviewing James Hetfield last night, so I'll say Hetfield. <laughs> All right. Um, beer or liquor? Uh, I don't really drink. Okay. Sober. Um, uh, not sober, just <laughs> mostly sober. <laughs> uh, woods or the ocean? Woods. Fall or spring? Spring. Last but not least. The big one. Sausage links or sausage patties? Meat is murder. Oh, oh. vegan. All right. Okay. Vegetarian. Meat Vegetarian. substitute yeah. links or patties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, links. There we go. Way to way to bend it around the guests. All right. Like I said, I'm here to help. Yeah, I appreciate your flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I expect the, this last question to be in a, an especially 
uh, difficult one for you, which means you'll probably be able to answer it immediately. Uh, but the the typical last question for us here is the super trophy. You've heard it a thousand times before, but we're going to ask it anyways. Matt, you get shipped off to an island, and you get to take one record with you. What's that one album going to be? Jimmy Buffett songs you know by heart. See what I mean? His best stuff. Yeah. Every time I think this is going to be a fucking 15-minute-long deliberation, and it's going to kill somebody, literally. And you know what literally And means. I know what literally means. He's got it right <laughs> off the fucking top. People think that, like, my Jimmy Buffett thing is a bit. It is not a bit. I genuinely am, like, deeply inspired and interested in Jimmy Buffett his life and means did you go to the the uh the show there on uh, the broadway thing i did i i did not i really should have i recognize i fucked up <laughs> and i hope to ameliorate that in the future um but yeah okay uh, i i am all about buffett if you want like a metal record no um, man your record's then... your record you're fucking good mm-hmm. okay but i don't know if you want a metal record it's more constant than gods by sabrosa okay can't argue with sabrosa it, uh, you guys are Sabrosa guys? I, oh, yeah. I'm, uh, well, that might be exaggerating it, but I definitely don't have any arguments against them. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like you need to be more pro Sabrosa. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I, we can certainly work on that. Like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying they're, they're kind of the best band of their generation. They're kind of a thing. Um, for, for, Claire, for, for just full disclosure, like, um, I am, as acknowledged by the band, the world's biggest Sabrosa fan. Um, oh, shit. I performed with them on stage at Roadburn. Like, I, I talk to all of them on the phone regularly. Like, I've seen them, like, 20-plus times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> they, they, it was, like, a thing for a while. I had, like, when they broke up, I had to be like, fuck, I guess I'm really into Amon Ra now. <laughs> <laughs> Amon Ra, we've had on the show. <laughs> yeah, we've had them on here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, which, who, who? Colin. Colin? Yeah, Colin's my dude. Love that guy. He's, a. Uh... He's an intense fella. <laughs> He's one of a kind. Yeah. He is it, truly excellent uh, individual. Seeing them live was uh, something I'm not going to soon forget. They, they are where, fucking... Where, where, did, where did you see them? Uh, here in Columbus at a little club called Ace of, Clu- Ace of Cups. Okay. I did the East Coast Ace on that tour with them. Did you? Yeah. Wait, wait Just, what, does, uh, what does I did those dates with them mean? Their booking agent is like my mentor. So he was like, hey, come and hop in the van. I was like, okay. So me and him drove from uh, Portland, Maine down to Philly and just saw them four nights in a row. Nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's fucking crazy. Mm. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying. I, I, I think I'm the person who's seen them the most in, in America. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure, but probably. We're working on verifying like, that right now. Yep. <laughs> so I like could probably seen them like 15 times. <laughs> that's and I bet it's been just as amazing every fucking time. It's so good. It's uh, uh you have no idea. I fucking love Amira. And like the crazy thing with them, like given that they have minimal fan base in America, is like literally in a two week period, I saw them play. I saw them headline a stage at Hellfest to like 10,000 people, and then two weeks later, I saw them play to like 100 people at St. Vitus Park. Right. It's the the dichotomy there is is nuts. I I think I think we might have actually talked about that when I had when I talked to him, but I can't remember for sure. Uh, no, either way, it's definitely a crazy thing for the band. Yeah, I believe it. I, I mean, the Europe. You know what? I can't get off on this tangent. We got band yeah. practice here in just a couple minutes. Yes. Um Either way, uh, next time you're here in Columbus, please hit us up. We'd love to 
buy you a, a beer or liquor or uh, not that or not that. No. Uh, and I, uh, I would love, I would love to hang out and go to a show. So real quick, Absolutely. how can people how can people get a hold of you if they want to track you down? We'll put a link obviously in the so, show description, but yes. So follow me on Twitter or Instagram at MattBacon666, uh, where <laughs> I do my daily bacon spits band advice videos. B A C O N. You'll get something out of. Yeah. Um, you can also follow me and get the videos on um Facebook, uh Facebook.com slash dropout media. And if you want um more stuff, head over to um Music, the Music Marketing Mixer Group, which is a group we just launched with uh, Curtis Stewart and Keith of Ghost Call Mag, um, where we kind of do band advice stuff. There you have it. Cool. Yeah, expect uh, expect our band to start commenting on your posts. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh God. But, well, <laughs> again, the appropriate reaction. Thanks, Matt, for coming on and Thank answering you guys our, so our much questions. For me. I really, really deeply appreciate it. Thank you. Our pleasure, man. Enjoy, have a good one. Enjoy your Sunday, man. You too. But do you feel smarter? I believe it or not, as hard as it is for my dumb ass to feel any smarter, I do feel a little bit smarter. I mean, that, that you know, obviously we're a metal podcast and all that stuff, but that's really for, I think, of a lot of our people that follow us and not even necessarily listen, but on our page where they see our posts and stuff might get a lot out of this one. You know, the people who listen to us for music and stuff like that, maybe, maybe not. Obviously, this is for the people that are in bands and, yes. you know, need to, not really sure how to take that. Um, next step forward or, uh, you know, what is even out there for him to help? You know, obviously we brought up PR and he's not even a PR guy. We weren't even aware that it's not all encompassed in one, you know, he's kind right. of separate from the PR thing. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. When, uh, our friend, uh, Shelly commented me on his post about wanting to do stuff like this. I, I couldn't, and thanks again, Shelly for pointing me toward that. Um, the, uh, I, I couldn't get this lined up fucking fast enough. Uh, and that's why we did back to back. That's why we did back to back shows today. Um, it, it, uh, it, and it was just as enlightening, I suppose would be the word here as I thought it would be, if not more. And if you contact the guy, let him know we sent you, you know, it's yeah. not going to help us out or anything, but it's good for him to know that him. Yeah. You know, as for the conversation, yeah. the whole networking thing. Yeah. It, uh, his prices seem way cheaper than I thought. Was <laughs> as a dude, I was six month plan for like a hundred bucks or something. Right. bucks. Shit. Who couldn't benefit from With that? somebody that actually knows what the hell they're doing, as right. opposed to you, who probably doesn't know what you're doing. Yeah. In the background, our guys, Frail and Gal. Uh, thanks again to Matt and Sonic Temple. And uh, send us your tunes so we can play them on here. Side note, we talked to Frail in an episode back, if you like that shit. We had a, one of our best conversations One of our, yeah. Since they are husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend. Right, whatever the situation yeah. is. It, it was fucking great. Um, send us your tunes. We will play them on shows that aren't like this one, but our, our normal shows where we play music. Uh, the email is eostupidity at gmail. That's where you send us an MP3, tell us who you are, and we'll fucking play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are on all the socials, as long as all the socials are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you don't, please find us, like us, follow us on those. And if our social media game happens to step up a little bit after this, no coincidence whatsoever. <laughs> it's not related <laughs> to Mr. Bacon, okay? Not at all. Um, Other than that, you got anything else there, Brian? Bye.